0: Awesome date. November 16th, 2009. Awesome topic. More awesome than you can shake a barrel of rocket punches at. This is the Awesome Cast. To the awesome cast, I'm Basil. I'm Kevin. And joining us through the power of the internet...
1: Daryl Surratt, Anime World Order Podcast, and OtakuUSAMagazine.com. And also a real magazine. In bookstores everywhere.
0: So, what kind of magazine is it?
1: It is a magazine about Japanese cartoons, comics, pop culture, detritus, toys, tokusatsu... Live action movies, all that good stuff. You know, things that appeal to awesome people.
0: Awesome. So, when's the latest issue hitting?
1: Uh, the latest issue is actually out right now. It's got uh, Clamp on the cover, but don't let that stop you because I got to talk about Monster, which is currently airing on the Sci Fi channel. I highly recommend everybody watch Monster, among other things. So, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty wide range of of material covered in there i don't want to you know give it all away people seem to have this idea that all i talk about is old stuff being uh you know guests on podcasts with a subject is what we're going to talk about may not help with that reputation but you know we we (laughs) but it's
0: new stuff that's also old stuff
1: I, i think it's more we talk about the new stuff in the magazine and we do the podcast about you know this kind of stuff
0: Right. That Someone said, about it.
1: <laughs> that said, uh, you know, we—I hate to do this—but there is a slight turmoil issue with the Anime World Order podcast, namely our crappy hosting. So, in the event that you find you're unable to download our show when the next episode comes out, either tonight or tomorrow, and you hear this episode come uh, Monday, we're actually recording this on the auspicious Friday the thirteenth. I'm going oh, yeah. to say that you know, please send me money. <laughs> if you go to animeworldorder.com <laughs> and make donations, so I can uh, pay for a Lipson account because right now we pay uh, about two dollars a month <laughs> for hosting, and Lipson is like sixty. So I don't have that kind of money from T-shirt sales. So,
0: yeah, i I guess I'm glad I'm not that popular yet.
1: I, really? I didn't think I was either, but there you go. What are we talking about? On this uh, exciting episode of the awesome cast, minus half the awesome cast.
0: Well, let's see stuff that oh, is awesome. Stuff. I guess we can move straight on to the uh, the world of awesome, which is
2: news. Oh well, yes, I mean well. It's news. There is news in the world today, maybe.
0: Unfortunately, I didn't find much the way of interesting anime news. So all the news I have is all video games. And the reason I have video game news that's interesting is because Kojima doesn't know how to shut his mouth. (laughs) This is true.
1: I never would have guessed that Hideo Kojima wouldn't know to shut his mouth based (laughs) on the length of your average Metal Gear Solid cutscene or conversation. I know people really hate the fact that those things go on and on, but I want to listen to the whole thing. That's my yes. gaming experience. Don't ever give that man an editor. He just writes it all. Doesn't <laughs> cut a thing. It's true. Never an stop hour and a half
2: cutscene. <laughs> I'm well, pretty you, sure you sometimes pause it.
1: It's not like Xenosaga. <laughs> Actually, I think you could pause Xenosaga cutscenes. I don't remember because Xenosaga wasn't that good a game.
2: Hey, well, <laughs> wow, that
1: was unpleasant. But <laughs> okay.
2: Well, I can actually kind of like Xenosaga, you know, except for the middle game. Totally sucked. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> I never got past it, although there was one minor character whose name was Basil. So I'll give them props for that.
1: My favorite movies t- of all time are like the Austin Powers trilogy. Oh, man.
0: When I'm i the great mouse detective. <laughs> growing up, you know, whatever an Austin Powers film would hit. I'd go, hey, Basil, I heard your name in a movie. i will be like, oh, really? I can never guess which one.
1: Spice Rack, the motion picture.
2: I wish. Snowmobile scene in that was awesome. But Kojima,
0: man with, you know, you take two parts cutscene for one part gameplay. Apparently, he's having issues with his, uh, his staff playing gal games. <laughs> of all things, a actually a Konami gal game for the DS.
2: Apparently Konami staff is not known for actually playing Konami games.
0: <laughs> is it
2: tokyo
1: Memorial?
0: Uh, no, it's apparently called Love Plus. God. Where
2: you, pre- where
0: you pick one girl from you know, their, their stable of all sorts of moe-moe, desu-desu, Whatever conglomerates, and then you pretty much are just their boyfriend for the duration of
2: the game, which is possibly forever. Reading the description, <laughs> considering it, it's apparently kind of plays like Animal Crossing and lets it pretty much goes on forever,
0: where you take them on like virtual dates and stuff. It's it's very very cre- creepy, and I, think, I have a feeling this might be. Of one of the signs.
1: So, what did the, Kojima say that he didn't know to shut his mouth? It sounds like he's got a good cause to rail against.
0: And he pretty much saying like, You pretty much never see Konami games become popular among the employees at Konami themselves. I think Love Plus is the first one. You you see people sneaking in, in time in the bath, sneaking time for it in
1: the bathrooms and so on. I don't
2: want to know what they're doing in the bathroom. I guess they're going to playing it at their desks.
1: I would guess that the reason that Konami games aren't popular Konami is probably because they're so busy working on the game and they just never want to see the damn thing ever again.
0: Then he uh, finishes off with, I was raised on Japanese games. and we, didn't make, we made Metal Gear Solid 4 because we wanted to make the Japanese game industry a better thing. I wanted the rest of the industry to pick up the torch afterwards, but I'm not really seeing anyone do, it, do so.
1: Well, I
2: think Kojima just had to make video games because no one would let him make a, like, 30-hour movie. Yeah,
1: that's true. <laughs> you don't get those anymore. No, no, you don't get those. Not even in Bollywood. It's true.
2: No. But in other
0: Kojima-related news... He was also a—he was talking with some other people about adventure games. It was with um, himself. It was with, uh, I think, Famitsu. Fum- and he was talking with um, game adventure writer Jiro Ishii, who I believe is the man between uh, 428 in the block City Shibuya, which is a game that we'll never get because it's an actual visual novel.
2: Yeah.
1: So they in other words, a, it's a game in air quotes. Right. They also
0: had
2: uh, Shu uh, Takumi, the writer of the
0: uh, Ace Attorney series. Which
2: is pretty much a visual novel that we got anyways. Go Fig.
0: Well, at least you do things in Phoenix Wright that's just, you know, not constantly click next page.
1: I kind of got a lost interest in Phoenix Wright when they decided, let's make these games really long and make them really long in the parts that I'm not interested in. Namely, all the stuff that's not the courtroom scene. It's like, <laughs> this is not why I'm playing your game, Phoenix Wright. I'm playing your game so I can call people out on their lies and deceptions and have like Harvey Birdman like antics and you go and you take a page from the Harvey Birdman game that was taking a page from you only it wasn't as good it's like come (laughs) on Phoenix Wright I know you're getting lazy I know you're looking at like the blackboard that says like key to success and it's just like a big letters like Yowie and an underline <laughs> it's like all right stop being like the gayest game ever phoenix right i get that you know most everyone i know who likes this game is a crazy fangirl but maybe just maybe you should remember to put in a game every now and again but now i guess we're gonna have to look forward to the all edgeworth and gumshoe game that's you know not even a phoenix right game anymore it's just like, it's like- CSI, done uh, in
2: like CSI, if it's done in the Phoenix Wright world, or not CSI, Law and Order. Boy, I feel okay.
0: <laughs> Only thing could use like the awesome sound effect whenever they change scenes.
2: In my mind, that it, it'll be there.
1: So, what was Kojima doing with these crazy folks?
0: Well, they were talking about things like apparently both um, this guy, Ishii and Kojima, they were both heavily influenced by Blade Runner, in fact. I never would have
1: guessed that Hideo Kojima was heavily influenced by Blade Runner. Oh, not in a million years. Yeah, I, who was playing Snatcher? Yeah,
2: what they were there was talking about yeah. mostly was Snatcher. It was
0: Snatcher. And apparently, um, Ishii, he made a game called Imitation City, released a year before Snatcher, that was very much a Blade
2: Runner-style adventure game. Snatcher is kind of cool. It's been a real long time since I've been able to play that, but...
1: Who remembers the Blade Runner game that was made by Westwood? It was all FMVs, and you had, like, multiple different endings, or, like, each time you played it, different characters would be replicants that, you know, maybe weren't necessarily in the previous time you played it?
0: I remember reading about it, but I never yeah, had a never chance to try it.
1: It was one of those, like, took up seven CDs back in the day because <laughs> so much of it was video.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But he even uh, noted between him and this issue guy that the only difference is that he's been able to keep making adventure games. <laughs> it's funny to think that during an era where there's nothing but Mario style games, there was somebody else up there who wanted to make a Blade Runner like title a year before me to boot. It took me a year and a half to get Snatcher done. I had six chapters planned out. and They told me to cut it down to two.
1: That was back when someone could tell Hideo Kojima to cut things down to be shorter and you would have to listen.
2: Cut that down a little bit, man. It's going to be 30 hours of cutscene. he says awesome things like younger people probably
0: wouldn't understand, but you know Gunbuster, right? That was sort of created as a giant homage by a bunch of science fiction geeks. Snatcher was pretty much the same way. There's a ton of references to the game that sort of skirt copyright laws. I never worried about that back then, because doing what I like in games, interactive foreign media, was in itself a new thing to me. The industry sort of grew along with me before I realized it. I started to work with really big budgets.
1: I can believe that. I mean, the thing is, the whole adventure game in general is kind of just rendered completely dead because of the Internet. Specifically because of GameFAQs, but I mean... In those days, adventure games were things like, okay, I don't know what to do. I have to figure out what I want to do. And if you get stuck, you're stuck for a while until you figure out what you want to do and then you feel really proud of yourself. Nowadays, the second anyone is just even remotely confused about what they need to do next in a game, they just check the internet immediately. And so adventure gaming is largely fallen dead. I mean, we've gotten some, like, um, episode content things like the salmon max game like the new monkey island that sort of thing but for the most part i mean i don't think we're going to be seeing that entire genre anymore it's kind of sad there's a lot of genres that have just they used to exist in my childhood and now they're just completely gone either due to the internet or due to just the fact that people think oh these are the genres of games and that's it
2: yeah, I, I have fond memories of point-and-click adventure games, and those are mostly really old titles now. Although
0: I don't know. I mean, for one, they're they're doing a lot of pushing that onto new platforms, like the older stuff. Right. Like, there's Broken Sword on the DS that came out a few months ago that, get a, that actually redid up like, the animation and stuff. That actually looks really good for a DS game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you have all the stuff that they're putting out on, like, iPhone and Steam and whatnot. So we might actually be getting, like, you know, new people into the genre. So we might actually see newer games. And I think it's been one of those things where, you know, adventure games are hurt most by game facts. But I think a lot of the people who play the games or will still play them enough to keep the, you know, the niche audience game going probably know not to. Yeah, we can. So it might be like, you know, stick around with life support at
2: the very least. Or they just need to be really funny like the Sam and Max games.
1: I do know that they are possibly considering bringing over the second Hotel Dusk game in America when it comes out in Japan. And that was a cool game.
0: That would be cool. They did actually, apparently, Majestica is bringing a game called Ghostwire to the DSi. It's actually one of the first ever um, DSi-only games. Because it uses the uh, camera. And what it does is, it's not so much a pure adventure game that so what it does is as it, as you uh, wave your camera around like the room, it takes it's just discovers like invisible entities like ghosts or spirits or shadows and demons that you then have to like interact with. I'm gonna buy
2: this game and freak out my little cousin with it.
0: <laughs> Which just sounds kind of interesting. I don't know if it's how well it's gonna do as a full game. It sounds more like one of those, like, DSI wear games that you could yeah. probably download and play, but I don't think that's Majestico's bag.
2: Yeah, but, but totally, Susan Lee, need to get a DSi so they can buy this game. That's all I know. That's It's right up there, Allie. But, but speaking of horrors... Speaking of things that make me scream and, and run away the, in terror... And the uh, final, the top off are... Kojima
0: Fest Apparently there was a Twilight art contest And Kojima was one of the judges
2: In Japan we should Yeah, in say. the fan.
0: It was for the um, The release of the uh, New Moon Illustrated I guess
2: New Moon's the new movie Yeah That's coming out Yeah And
0: Kojima's one of the uh, Apparently he's a big fan
2: Well Everyone has to have a flaw or two <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I yeah, bad werewolves is all I have to say They're about. They're not the even
1: werewolves. <laughs> that's, that's not what a werewolf does. But this is a franchise where that's not what vampires do. So uh, it's par for the course. I, Mormon propaganda by a crazy Mormon it is, lady.
2: It
0: is the the only thing I've ever seen good come out of Twilight. Is actually you know Daryl recorded it. When they plastered one of Gerald's roommates, you know, room with That's pictures right. of it was
1: probably the finest six dollars. It might have been a seven dollar expenditure <laughs> that we ever spent because, you know, she went out clubbing. And so we were out in the mall and we were like, ah, a poster book. It was like one of those, I don't know, Us Weekly Twilight special or something or whatever. Right. But it had on the cover, like comes with seven posters and you're like "Haha! well we're just gonna buy this and put the crap all over a room and hope that she comes back drunk and then wakes up and sees all this stuff it didn't quite work that way they sort of noticed it immediately they weren't as drunk as they usually get but it was still pretty good i thought you can go and just- check that video out still it's on youtube.com anime world order there, I, I'm told there was a retaliation, but I don't live in that house, so <laughs> it's all good. For me,
2: for me, the only good thing to come out of Twilight is there's so many better vampire movies that are getting put back on movie shelves because that people are into vampires right now.
1: Like Vampire Hunter D? I don't see that one. Or Vampire no. Hunter D Bloodlust? I don't see that one either.
2: I No, but let's face it. Any vampire movie, with the possible exception of the two Blood Rain movies, is better than Twilight.
0: <laughs> Although I, I still hold my belief that really the best adaptation or the real proper interpretation of Twilight is still in fact Helsing Ultimate.
2: Yes, that's what Twilight... If Twilight was Helsing Ultimate, I would watch it. That's totally a loaded statement. <laughs> it's true.
0: Yes. But I firmly believe in like... I think if you just took you know, a la carte in the place of Edward and mm.
1: Sarah as the girl. And Nazis.
2: The and Nazis. Un- added Nazis. On a the Nazis. In
1: Because they sang na- the theme the song to Fist of the North Star 2.
0: Yeah. Uh, you have the awesome chick with the rifle, which poor girl didn't realize was useless against a guy who's immune to bullets,
2: but whatever, you know. It was a magic musket. It could have worked. <laughs> No, it couldn't. <laughs> uh,
0: but half the fun is them trying to go, ha we could take you out, Alucard. Mw-ha-ha, Alucard's, Psh, whatever. You guys.
2: Well, no vampire ever thinks that they're a wuss in comparison to anything. Even so. the
1: Anne Rice vampires, which are the wussiest vampires of all time, probably still think they're badasses. And they are yeah. not. If you're in a vampire oh. fiction thing and there are frilly shirts involved or people <laughs> looking pretty, you are a terrible, crappy piece of garbage. The only <laughs> cool vampire things are the ones where vampires are these, like, sick, horrible beasts that got to get put down, preferably by a guy with a sword. D, blade, you know, a la carte doesn't really have a sword, but, you know, he has guys Shiny with guns. blades and that works. You know, generally speaking, you know, vampires and things, not a good thing. Especially anime. The anime track record with vampires is dismal. And they all go on Cartoon Network. And they're (laughs) all bad.
0: So have you seen the trailer yet for the uh, Dante's Inferno anime compilation disc they just announced?
1: Yeah, I think I saw it and I was kind of confused that... It's an anthology piece, and generally speaking, to date, almost all, if not all, the anime anthologies that have been made have been good ones. The Dante's Inferno one, I'm not so sure, but the thing, nature of anthologies is usually there's some that are really good and some that are like, eh, whatever. So hopefully it turns out that way.
0: Now, been, I haven't seen all of them yet. I need to actually catch up, check out Gotham Knight. But it really seems to be really very similar that a lot of the same guys are doing a lot of these same compilations.
1: Yeah, it's because... I, mean, I think Gotham Knight was actually pretty average, and I think the reason it was average was because the writing was still done by the same people who write the comics, that most of which aren't that good. But in the case of why they keep going to these same studios, I think the answer is just that nobody else knows how to do it anymore. Like, you gotta go... Not just to Madhouse, but specifically to Yoshiaki Kawajiri, the guy who did Ninja Scroll and Vampire yeah, yeah. and Bloodlust and stuff. In every single one of these um, Western collaborations with anime studios, chances are he's usually got some involvement. I mean, not every single one, but a lot of them, he's there. And it's because his stuff is more popular here in America than Japan. But
2: yeah, he, gets, he going... goes so
1: violent over the top, they always like cut him down. And I think for Gotham Knight in particular, the only segment that doesn't actually have a full cast listing is the Deadshot one, which I thought was actually the best one. But I guess they must have cut that down for violence because he just says, you know, take my name off that. And it just says made by Madhouse. But (laughs) you you look at the artwork on that and it's pretty unmistakably. That's the guy who did Ninja Scroll and Vaniproner D and Cyber City Oedo and all that. But I think it's, yeah, it's just the anime industry is in this position where pretty much all the new talent goes to video games. And a lot of the older talent is either getting too old and retiring or dying or getting out of the game such that, you know, there's just not that many people who know how to do that stuff anymore. And so that's why they keep going to the same couple people every time there's a collaboration sort of effort with like short little anime pieces. That's my guess anyway.
2: Well, and as you said, they're the ones that... A lot of these are the ones that are most familiar to a Western audience who maybe doesn't watch anime all the time. Well,
1: they wouldn't know the names in any case. They wouldn't say, oh, by the guy who did this, oh, sign me up. They don't know that stuff. It's more just like the literal technical know-how. Like, for example, we're going to talk about a robot show on this episode. They usually, in 2009, it is a rarity to see... Not just a robot show, but a robot show where the mecha are not done in CG. Why is that? It's true. And the reason is is that there just aren't people who know how to draw robots anymore in anime. They're like literally, like, with a pen, draw a robot, animate a robot. They can't do it. That's why they need, like, 3D artists to model a mecha, and they say, okay, we'll render all the mecha in CG and cell shade it because people don't really know how to design Mecha and stuff anymore. The people who do are working in the video game sector now. That's, and that's why.
2: And if it's not done by Shoji Kawamori, they'll probably look like crap.
1: <laughs> well, Kawamori's getting all up in the years, too. But yeah, I mean, he's yeah. a, a good designer. I mean, there's a couple good designers, but you'd think, like, where's the next wave? How come all these guys who are designing Mecha are these guys who have been working for decades. It's because there aren't really uh, people into robots quite as much, it seems.
2: Maybe that's why we don't have any actual mecha anime this season. Well we all pin our hopes on Gundam Unicorn to hopefully be good. Yes, please be good, Gundam Unicorn.
1: I think it'll be good. I,
0: I think Sunrise knows that they got to appease their Gundam fandoms. and again, we also got Destiny.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I like to think they've learned lessons from Destiny. <laughs> I don't think they
1: learned lessons from Destiny. I think if you look at the flaws of Double O, they're maybe not as egregious as Destiny, but they are still the same flaws.
2: That in Destiny was actually kind of popular in Japan.
1: <laughs> How could Destiny actually... No, I, I strongly doubt that. I think the initial start of Destiny, it opened pretty strong, and then as it went, people just stopped caring. That's my guess.
0: Yeah, I I watch all of it and when Vladimir Book I was actually cheering for the previous season's hero to finally show up and just stop the idiots that were doing whatever they were doing.
1: They I realized they're still was it was kind of just, lost. They had a good I don't want to talk about this any more than I have to because it'll make me really upset I mean, yes. you know, see, Destiny is just this show I watched all of, constantly thinking, okay, all they need to do is this, and it'll fix everything. It'll even retroactively fix all the stuff they screwed up. And time and again, they kept screwing it up and screwing it up. Like they had their outline of where they wanted to go, and had they just stuck to that and implemented it at a reasonable pace, it would have been good. But really, what happened was they had like their broad outline that says, okay, by episode so and so, this, 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 and this needs to happen. And they spent like nine episodes doing nothing, and then they said, oh crap, we gotta have all this stuff happen. And then in half an episode's time, they just did a bunch of stuff, and it just lost you total impact. I just. Those guys haven't worked in anime again since, as far as I can tell. I think maybe one of them is dying, but who cares? The Possibly. hell is Destiny? Yeah. Let us the never speak of it again.
2: Yes, director's wife. Yeah, uh, anyways, yeah, let's let let's just drop that there. Okay, yeah, uh, let's just
0: no, more. All right, so no all right. more. Let's then let's talk about things that are awesome. Moments of awesome. Well, I know that Kevin and I's moment of awesomes are probably the same thing.
2: It, it, i really haven't been doing anything else, so yeah. Because uh,
0: with the have you been able to find anything really of note in the latest season of anime Daryl?
1: Really of note? It's kind of hard to say. I mean, most everything that's running now is a sequel that I would be watching. Like, there's season two of Astro Fighter Sunred, which is going to be reviewed in the next AWO. There's season two of Darker Than Black, which, to be honest, is not all that good. I mean, Darker Than Black is all right. It's got its moments, but uh, it isn't the greatest. And then there's Trapeze, which is really experimental and strange, and I can't really recommend it to other people. But other than that, pretty much everything running right now isn't that good. I was looking forward to the new Romance of the Three Kingdoms, not like the Koihime Muso one where it's all cute girls, but like the actual anime the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. But I haven't really seen anyone subtitling it. Maybe I just aren't looking in the right place.
2: I haven't seen it either.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm really looking forward as far... Like, there's one thing that I'm looking forward to as far as TV, I think it's a TV show, and it starts in January. It's called Durara. This is from yes, the it's people like who the made same Bacchano. Bacano. Yes. And Baccano was the best show of the year in 2007. And if it's as good as that, and I hope it is, because it's got pretty it's from the same author, it's got pretty much the same. same director. Staff, same director, all that, this is gonna be a good show. Unfortunately, the thing about Baccano, that it was like it was unexpected, it came out of nowhere. Now, I'm going to this show with a preconceived notion of, okay, anything short of best thing ever, and it's going to feel like a letdown. But it's just, it's such a dire scenario where there's so many anime shows this season, and none of them I'm interested in. <laughs> like, I'm not watching anime at all right now, like yeah. new anime. No, I'm not either. All
2: I've been watching, even really as Japanese, is uh, Kamen Rider and Super Sentai.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I, I'm pretty easy to keep in, its, in my cage, in my bottle. As long as I got one thing to hold on to, then I'm good. At the beginning of the year, 2009, it's like, okay, you know, Global 13 is starting to wrap up, but I got Hajime no Ippo. But then Ippo ended, and then it's like, uh, okay, but we still got Mazinger, which we we're about to talk about. And then I was like, okay, I'm good, and now Mazinger's over, and I, I got nothing. I got no show for Me to keep watching, so I can either go to the infinite backlog,
2: yeah,
1: which you know is harder to do than you know it seems sometimes, even though I got tons of it, or I can just lose my mind. I mean, right now, I would say now is a good time to go on Hulu and start watching Prince Planet. I mean, what do you want? Yes,
0: <laughs> like I actually end up um, going to some of the some of the well, not older, but some, well, I guess it is older now. Tomino shows. Like I started watching Turn A. is
1: different. I mean, it's not really 13. like robot show, robot show. It's kind of it's, it's, it's all right, but it, it does take its time. It's sort of a slow burn.
0: Yeah, I eventually got tired of watching the two factions be utter idiots at each other. It gets better. So, well, I know that it is. I'm going to go back to it, but then I said, screw it. I realized I saw Kevin's copy of Overman King Gainer. And pop that
2: instead and marathon and that, it.
1: And that's pretty crazy right out the bat.
2: Yes, yeah. it's awesome.
1: I think that's really one of the things that sort of is this troublesome thing for the mecha genre. Specifically the Sunrise Mecca show. For years, I my mean, years I mean decades, they've been content to make these shows that are about 50 episodes long. Such that the first 13 episodes, nothing happens. Nothing happens at all. It's just there to be like, okay, in these 13 episodes, I now know what this side is and what that side is and what everybody's name is. But in that time, they're just kind of spinning their wheels. It's just sort of, okay, this is how the world works. This is sort of the history of everything. Introducing characters. And things don't actually really pick up until around episode 13 or 14. And nowadays, people don't have the patience for it. People are accustomed to 13 episodes being an entire show yeah and so it's just it's just too hard to sell to tell someone okay this show gets good by the fourth disc or by the second box set or whatever you want to call it it's uh these are shows that are meant to be watched on tv for free and then you buy the toys (laughs)
2: you hit episode 20 of gal geiger and it's awesome
1: I, i said episode 24 personally but, you know, what your mileage may vary.
0: Yeah. And yes. Well, see, was, That was one of the shows that I actually watched and was like, I have to watch how many episodes?
1: <laughs> no, I, I was just like, skip, skip straight to it because they can do a recap episode that says, all right, this is what happened in those episodes. You just skipped because what happens prior is all just uh, monster of the week, monster of the week, Filler. standard kids show. You've seen it a hundred times. I, mean, I you can, enjoyed it. Once, but yeah. you, once you know what's happening, you can see they're sort of setting up for what's about to happen if you know what's about to happen. But it's not going to win any converts if you just show someone Gal Gygar. It's a, just a really hard show to sell people on. And yet, you know, there's a huge fan base for it on the internet because once it gets going, it gets going. So a lot of people watched uh, Tengen Topa Gurren Lagan. And so. If you, the way to get people on Gal Geiger is to tell them, okay, you like that show, start watching this from this point, and then if you like it, go back, and then maybe you slide them to the Get a Robo, and it's all over.
2: <laughs> yes. Once you get them on Get Robo, there's no turning back.
1: But actually, in some ways, I
0: guess I'm fortunate in that the anime season sucks because I've been
1: playing a lot more video
0: games. Yeah, that's my, my fortunate thing,
1: too. I haven't played video games in forever. What have you been playing? Uh, well, I just topped off Brutal Legend
0: and Uncharted 2. and now I I'm still head-
1: haven't started the first Uncharted.
0: <laughs> I need to play that too. You don't really need to play the first Uncharted to play Uncharted 2. Yeah, but I mean but it's there's more certain like characters the first game really- was pretty good, right? The first game is really good. It has a couple of annoying sections, which they leave out of the second one. But there's some really good characters in the first one that don't make nearly enough appearances in the second one. So, I almost tell people to go play the first one just so you get that interactions that you're not going to get in the second one.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, let's see. As far as games I've been playing, I guess you've been playing Brutal Legend and Uncharted 2. Uh, How about you?
2: Um, Well, also finished and played Brutal Legend just recently. Um...
1: Now, I could not really? get into Brutal Legend. I mean, I like the theme, I like the story and the characters and all that, but does it really need to have real-time strategy on the console yeah. controller? I mean, there's all these, like, different little annoying modes that are like, it this works. is not the game that I it would It works work to play better than it
2: seems like it will. Like, for
0: me, it's weird because I don't like real-time strategy games, but I love the battles. Well, I tolerated the battles which for me is the closest thing you get to love of real-time strategy. Mostly because I would just, whenever um, it would happen, I would just go, okay, I'll pick these units, throw them over there, then I'd go and start slashing crap with my
2: axe. That generally works, or picking up the flag they rally around and walking around with it while you hack people so everyone walks over to you. <laughs> But.
1: Yeah, I still haven't played that. I mean, uh, I'm kind of sad to see that it's not selling a little better because Tim Schafer never seems to catch a break, even though I don't think he's really made a bad game.
0: Yeah, the man deserves a hit somewhere. Really? And I thought this had all the you know the makings of the close thing he was going to get to it. With I mean, he had Jack
2: Black in his corner. Yeah, Jack Black pushing the game everywhere he went. Yeah, yeah he, he had
1: like the whole metal theme and people were big into Metalocalypse and that kind of You know,
2: vibe. I, I tried to push the game, and people just like, goodbye, brutal legend.
0: (laughs) I ended up actually having to buy two copies—one for myself, one for my friend's birthday—just to make sure that more games got out there. It's a real shame that it, yeah, it's not doing nearly as well as I was hoping. I was hoping at least would crack the MPD, and it didn't even come close. I want to hear.
1: Well, at least it didn't bomb as big as Tekken Six. I feel so mad. I didn't get in on that $30 Tekken 6 with a joystick deal on Amazon it sold out <laughs> instantly Motherfucker! I didn't know, I I did know I there was a deal until you
0: told me there
1: was a lightning deal gone. today that was oh, like wow. you know $30 for this $150 thing and I was like oh boy refresh 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 and then suddenly when the time comes Amazon's not loading and then it loads and sold out damn it oh <laughs>
2: well I tell you, t- people are getting it now Tekken 6's single player mode is horrible that's what I've heard
1: Some, the one person I know who owns Tekken 6 said they liked that single player mode but I guess you have to kind of like the like Tekken 5 single player mode to sort of tolerate that I don't know I didn't play the game long enough I couldn't even remember how Tekken worked when I played it but it seemed like, eh, okay, I bought Tekken 5. I actually own two copies of Tekken 5, and I never really played it. You know why I own two copies? <laughs> because Tekken 5 bombed, and then they were selling that plus the joystick for $15. Right. And so I'm like, hell, I'll take two. then cheaper
2: than a joystick. <laughs> right.
1: I'll get a joystick out of the deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they throw in Tekken 5 for free. So I was thinking, oh, hell, I'll pay $30 <laughs> and get a joystick, and you get Tekken 6 for free. But it was not to be. Well, at least a Tekken 5,
0: I could go through, like, the standard tournament mode with a character, beat a bunch of people, get their pretty CG cutscene, and go.
1: You can but get no, the pretty CG cutscene with that BS last boss that was 300 times harder than the rest of the game, as is customary for all these Tekken, Dead or Alive, Soul Calibur things. Why do they do that?
0: I, I don't know. I think it's, it's showing us that the game creators really do hate us. Yeah. They should sure admit, admit it.
2: I think it uh, goes back
0: that, to King of Fighters. Uh, but, yeah. That, or they're trying to us for the online. Yeah.
1: The online that doesn't work. Thanks, guys. Yeah, that, that too. But yeah, Tekken 6,
0: you actually have to play through their stupid Tekken Force mode to unlock characters that you can then play through the actual game to get the cutscenes.
1: Hey, wait a second. It's not Tekken 5, you mean, right? Because Tekken 6, everybody's unlocked straight out the gate.
0: Only for Versus. If you want to do everyone's story mode, you have to unlock it using the Tekken Force mode, then go into the arena, then play through the actual tournament, then you get your cutscene.
1: That is kind of ridiculous, and now I'm more glad I don't own that game.
0: Yeah. Like, I I've been a fan of Tekken since 3. I heard Tekken 6 was the closest they'd gotten to the goodness of 3, so I bought it straight up and I'm like, what am I playing? Like, who are this? these
1: billion characters whom I've never seen before?
0: Well, that I was prepared because I was looking at the strategy guide, going, who is the billion characters? Although I, though my favorite backstory is Roger Jr.'s.
1: The kangaroo with the boxing gloves?
2: The kangaroo well, is awesome. Well, yes, because you I see... I think
1: Tekken 3 is still the top because that was the one with Gon, the dinosaur. Yes.
2: Yes.
0: With his never-looping ending video. But... Roger Jr.'s story is that him and his mother were searching for his father in Tekken 5. And they find him, but he's a lazy, you know, low about. He doesn't do anything. So his mother, who still, it was kangaroos, but all of them, files for divorce. <laughs> and they enter... They went the, to a um,
1: kangaroo court.
0: <laughs> and they enter the King of Iron Fist tournament 6. In order to, like, to win the tournament for financial security. <laughs>
1: thanks guys and, and they have the nerve to take the story of Tekken so deathly seriously well
0: that's what makes it that's what makes it work is that you know they're seriously fighting for financial security and they're kangaroos it, yeah it, it, it's the playing it so straight that makes it funny it is
1: I guess. I, me, I'm totally behind. I mean, November, every year November is the month of let's throw out a whole ton of the AAA titles in time for Christmas. And I have not bought a single thing, not even Modern Warfare 2, which everybody on the planet is playing right now. I, I am not. I am not playing Call of Duty. I don't have Borderlands. I don't have freaking uh, Assassin's Creed 2, which I don't even intend on playing anyway. But, you know, it's just one game after the next after the next are coming out this month, and I don't have any of them. What I'm playing is I just played through Saints Row 2, which I bought for $15, and it was worth every penny. I think I played that for, like, 50 hours. Thumbs okay. up. It's, uh, you know, better than GTA 4. You heard it for your first. That's then, a bold claim. And then I am currently playing through Batman Arkham Asylum, finally. That was awesome. Which is a great game. I love it. Two thumbs up. I, uh, I'm surprised at how long it is. I mean, normally, like these games like Uncharted and Uncharted 2 and stuff like that, that's like an 8-10 hour game. You get it, beat it through it in a weekend or so. Not Batman. Batman is like, you know, you get your money's worth out of that. I mean, it's not like interminably long, but it's like, I'd say 20 hours or, I mean, I'm playing pretty hardcore since the last weekend. And I'm almost done with it,
2: but I, don't know if I remember how long it took, but it was a good 15 to 20 hours. I think that sounds about right.
0: Yeah. I know the game that I've played apparently I didn't realize like I'm only like a third of the way through, whereas Kevin's like beaten it once already has been Dragon Age. Oh yeah, Dragon Age. Age. I totally
1: forgot about Dragon Age, and that's another one I usually buy every Bioware game, like the swanky, expensive limited edition, and this time I didn't buy Dragon Age. I I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just feeling guilty over the fact that I bought the limited edition Mass Effect, and I still haven't started Mass Effect.
0: (laughs) It's okay. I played through Mass Effect. I'm right before the final battle. Then I installed Windows 7 on machine, and now I won't play Mass Effect anymore. Oops. (laughs)
1: Oops, <laughs> Wait, which is weird because it should play everything. That's... It
0: should play everything. I think it's because I bought Mass Effect through Steam, and there's something weird going on there. I don't know why.
1: That is odd. I mean, I know a lot of people bought Mass Effect through Steam because it was ten dollars.
0: Yeah, that's when I got mine.
1: Wait, so you just got
0: it and you're already near the end? Oh no, I'm sorry. I bought it when it was like twenty or twenty-five. Okay. A few months ago. like Mass Effect's been on sale for a couple of times now. Like, it's one of those games they tend to rotate through.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I have the Xbox One, but I'm probably going to play through the PC version just because the PC Bioware games are always better than the console counterparts, which is how it should always be, damn it. You hear me, Modern Warfare 2? But
0: <laughs> oh, Dra- Dragon
1: Age is no exception. I mean, that's the actually let you move the camera back and install all the mods yeah. and do all the cool things that you do with BioWare games, which you cannot do on the 360 or PS3. And Steam is
0: nice for Dragon Age because you can actually buy their digital deluxe version, which is the equivalent of the collector's edition as far as the end game content goes. You just don't pay the money for the cloth map. Yeah. Which is also... Which is sad, because...
1: Cloth map the, is the most more. important part. Well, yes. It's, <laughs> yeah. The world
0: needs more cloth maps. More physical
1: extras.
2: Give me a map. But it's a very fun game overall. Uh, it, it very much is. You could either call it Baldur's Gate or Dead War Nights
0: 3, and I'd believe you. It is... It is, it is their fantasy RPG du jour. Sure. It is... Nonstop DMD esque fun, yeah, and lots of lots of blood,
1: yeah, ridiculously bloody. Like, oh, let's kill this rat, and they kill the rat, and everyone is just drenched in blood, talking like everything is fine.
2: Yeah, there's a little uh, check mark in the options for persistent gore. I turn that I, I turn that off after a while because yeah, usually tired of you see that option and you're like,
1: hell yeah, I want persistent gore. And, and then it's just like this bizarre Monty Python ish scenario. It never goes yes. away.
0: <laughs> I just remember the first. I uh, ended up choosing the Human Noble, which is where you kill the rats of the pantry. Yes, like that's all, the one like I was start. thinking of. And like, I, so I kill the rats. Next thing oh, I know, my character walks out covered in gore. <laughs> and she's like, what happened? And I simply go, they were rats. <laughs> and she says, what's just a. But character said it was just a dead face, straight face. I was like, all right, I like you. <laughs> and then, but after about another 10 hours of the constantly covered in gore, just randomly talking to villagers. Covered in blood. Covered in blood all
1: the time. I'm like, okay,
0: I'm turning this off. This is getting kind of crazy.
1: You can see the Mega64 skit forming as you play.
0: Yes, yes. The real, the real fun was, like, when you get the golem shale, where when he's covered in blood, because he's a golem, like, it covers his eyes and his mouth. <laughs> like, all the cracks, and it's just, you know, I'm like, man, do they have pressure hoses in this world?
2: <laughs> no. I'm going to get that off. You ask your dog to clean it up like every other mess in the game.
0: <laughs> you definitely need to make sure that if any of you out there who buy this do not buy it used, buy it new, because otherwise you don't get the shell quest And shell's the best character in the game Second best The best is the dog
1: That dog is one scary as hell dog Yes But acts like the
0: cutest thing ever When he's not killing and ripping through things He's a sweet little puppy
2: Who will kill all your enemies
0: The fact that I can talk to him at any time Pet him and watch him roll around the ground Is the best thing Since a boy has Bob's hug button
2: which that's a game I need to actually play. Any of my dog Ball Crusher, he's the cutest puppy ever.
1: <laughs> Sick balls. <laughs> Did I just date myself with the '80s reference?
0: <laughs> I feel it as well. I'm going to take that as a wonderful transition, and to a to a series of old that's now new. Yet still old, but still amazing. Yes. Which is Shin Massacre Z. This is my first real experience with Mazinger Z. I've seen other older mecha shows. I've seen a lot of other go guy shows. This is my first chance to actually watch Mazinger.
1: Do you, know, do you know basically like the general gist of what is this whole thing?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, after watching and I – well, what Wikipedia could tell me.
2: Yeah, sadly – Original Mazinger is, if you can find it at all, it's going to either be a bad English dub or worse Hong Kong English subtitles.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mazinger Z is pretty much commonly considered like the first of the super robots. I mean, certainly there was Gigantor Tetsujin 28 prior, but he wasn't really something that was piloted, he was controlled via remote. Mazinger Z was the first piloted robot. Like, the hero character was inside the robot and controlling it. And this was made by Gona Guy in the 1970s, thereabouts, pretty early 70s, and kind of sort of set the standard as far as, like, defining what the giant robot archetype is. I mean, kind of most of it, as far as the super robot conventions... It goes back to Mazinger Z. And certainly there have been revolutions over the years. There was Gundam, there was Evangelion, and so on and so forth. But all of them are sort of in response to the tropes and conventions that, like, Mazinger Z established. I mean, that's more or less it. It's kind of generally all you need to know. It's a simple kids' show from the 70s where every single episode was Monster of the Week, and they're all basically the, the villain who was very uh, unsubtly named Dr. Hell, yes. would send a monster to attack. And it would be up to Mazinger Z and its brave pilot, Koji Kabuto, who was an ordinary teenage boy, just like you and me, except he's not, <laughs> he's not ordinary at all. He's a crazy Gona guy uh, protagonist. who would get in his robot and punch the crap out of him. And uh, repeat for ninety six episodes, and then there was yeah. a sequel, Great Mazinger, and then another sequel, uh, Grandizer, and all of these followed a winning formula throughout the nineteen seventies.
2: Other random spin-offs like God Mazinger, and
1: <laughs> yeah, all kinds of stuff. I mean, um, I think Manga. I think a pretty good introduction as far as like the premise. I think it might even be still the only. Mazinger-related property that's been released officially in America on DVD. Mazin Kaiser was this OAB uh, series mm-hmm. from the 90s or early 2000s, that roughly, that ADV released, and now it's been re-released under Sentai Filmworks. They sell it in a two-pack with Shuten Doji, which is... I got that of,
0: at AWA, actually. <laughs> yes. I picked that up yesterday.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, that is... Within the first five minutes... It tells you everything you need to know about Mazinger Z. It's like, okay, Dr. Hell sends the robots, and Koji fights the robots off, and he's got a girlfriend who's got a girl robot, and you know it's a girl robot because it has got boobies that yeah, double as, as missiles. As missiles. <laughs> and then there's the useless sidekick who serves to get the crap beat out of him, Boss Borat. And and that's what you need to know about Mazinger Z. Uh, just, But people get confused. Whenever they make these new Gona guy" things, they think, oh, I didn't watch this thing from the 70s. I didn't watch this remake. I'm going to be totally lost. That's not the case for this. This is, uh, when we saw Shin Mazinger Z, it actually means true Mazinger. It's the real Mazinger. It is sort of a reboot, as it were. It's not like it expects you to know anything prior. This is the beginning, and it's self-contained in its own thing.
2: It certainly has little Easter eggs, though, if you're familiar with any earlier Go-Nagai work or any I mean, other to Guy work.
1: It, yeah, I think that owes itself to the guy who made it. Uh, this is directed by one of my favorite directors, kind of unknown in America. It's
2: one of all our favorite directors yes, on this actually. podcast. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, Yasuhiro Imagawa is his name, and basically, there are two words that sum up uh, who this guy is and why you should care, and those words are Giant Giant Robo. Robo. It is the best deal in anime, bar none. It's just been re-released on DVD. It is like $15, $20 for the whole show. If you don't own Giant Robo, and you're listening to the Awesome Cast, or you're listening to AWO, we can't be friends anymore. Because there's no excuse. All right. No
2: excuse.
1: You go and you watch this. This is the greatest OAV direct-to-video thing, period. Ever. I'm sorry, Gunbuster fans. I'm sorry, you know, fans of, you know, I don't know, Gundam Doble-083, Record of Lotus War, Flirticurity. You know, those are all cool, but Giant Robo is the best one, and I'm gonna stick with that. And uh, and the general approach to Giant Robo was he took the works of a guy named Mitsuteri Yokoyama, creator of Gigantor Tetsu 28, and a ton of other things, put them all together in one show, and gave everyone superpowers, and said, let's see what happens. And he did the same thing here. He said, (laughs) I'm going to take the works of Guy, across a bunch of different things. A couple characters from The Zinger, a couple characters from Violence Jack, some characters from the, the Abashiri family, some Easter egg mentions of like Devil Man and Mao Dante and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Put them together in one show, shake it up, give everyone superpowers, let's see what happens. And, and so it, there's not really awesome. a continuity as far as like, oh, I gotta watch 30 Years of Other Things. No, this is it. He actually tried to do this with Getter Robo about 10 years ago.
2: I remember it, that,
1: yeah. Yeah, he made a thing called. Uh, it, also, much like how this is Shin Mazinger-Z, it was called Shin get robo the true get robo And uh, they fired his ass after three episodes because he took, took too long for the episodes to come out. And then they replaced him with other people. That, that actually came, turned out okay. But there was, about, there was about four episodes in the middle that just sucked because they just didn't really know what they were doing. Because this guy, Imigali, keeps his keeps his hand close. When he's writing a story, no one knows where he's going with it except him. But I guess they learned their lesson. I mean, uh, after he made uh, the remake of Touched in 28, I don't know if anyone saw that in, released in 2004.
0: I actually own the full set.
1: Yeah, I, I bought that as it was coming out for the full $20, $25 disc or whatever. And then, you know, totally tanked. And now it can be like yours, like the entire series can be yours for probably about $20, $25 at this point. It's, yeah. it's pretty good. It's not as bad flat-out, like, hardcore crazy as this one is, though. But I think if you watch Shinmazinger, Zinger, you're gonna have to watch it with, like, this very open mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because if you don't know how Imagawa works, this is how he writes everything, and this should be the way all anime gets written. Block out what you want to have happen first so that you have, like, your beginning and your middle and your end And then start working on your show. None of this Evangelion. We're making it up as we go along. We don't know how it's going to end. We're just going to fly by the seat of our pants like an improvisational punk rock jam session. (laughs) That's, you know, maybe it worked for that show. Maybe it didn't. But it was not the example to follow. And Imagawa, he does that. So the first episode of Shin Zinger Z is called Finale. And yes. it's just a bunch of crazy things happening that make no sense. And as far as the first episode goes, it turns off a lot of people.
0: It does. Like, we actually showed it at my anime club. Like, people had already seen it, like, requested, can we watch episode two? Otherwise, no one's going to watch this show.
2: No one watched the show, though, still.
0: No, after, well, we but... got, like, two or three episodes in.
2: Oh, did they? Which, for
0: a mecha show, it's kind of amazing.
2: Yeah, we don't have a lot of mecha fans at the anime club. Well, or we don't they're really not have just... a lot of
1: mecha fans in America or even in Japan anymore. It's sort of a—it's not a living genre. And by that, I mean when you make a story now, the mecha or the giant robot is not, like, the default way to tell your action story in 2009, Nowadays, if you make something with robots in it, you're making a statement. You're playing with like old conventions. You're gonna try and shake up something. Everything right now is supposed to be like this revisionist thing. Like, think the closest analogy I can give is the western. Like, if you made a western in 2009, everyone knows like you're playing around with the past because it's not like, oh, let's make an action movie. Our default That's choice is it's a western that doesn't exist anymore. Back in the day, you you couldn't you'd trip over westerns. They were everywhere constantly. They were. And, and similarly for anime, back in the day, robot shows there are tons of them. Nowadays, the 70s and 80s. <laughs> nowadays, not not the case anymore. So when you make a robot show, it's generally assumed, oh, this is old. This is a throwback. This is retro. This is trying to appeal to Either older fans or some sort of, like, otaku demographic like that. I mean, when Unless just,
2: it's Sunrise, was is expected to make a mecha show every so often.
1: The Sunrise <laughs> mecha show now is more like not really a mecha show so much as a show that happens to have a robots in it. I yeah. think a whole lot of the appeal of those shows now is for the uh, very pretty boy character designs and all that stuff. They can't really have it be straight-up robot. Like, Code Geass is technically a robot show. Technically. But not really if you look at its fans.
0: Well, and even when we actually reviewed Code Geass, we realized after we had done recording, we had forgot to talk about didn't the mecha. talk nightmares.
1: about the mecha at all,
2: Hardware. And so we're like, wow. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> so
0: that it, You're exactly right. It's, it's one of those things where they've got them, but they're so, like, just ancillary to the actual material what people are actually getting into it
1: for whereas that's somewhat the case here but they've sort of tried to take the old Mazinger Z formula and kind of put a spin on it while at the same time being very faithful to the original manga like The manga from Mazinger Z, I don't expect anyone to have read it, but they've scanlated a couple of chapters of this thing. turned out a lot different than the anime. The anime was much more tooled for kids, much more let's sell toys. Manga was a little more violent, a little more hardcore, as Gonagai guy tends to be. And this is closer to that. But since it's Imagawa and there's all these characters from all these different shows, it, it ends up being uh, its own unique beast. The, the premise here is... Once again, Koji Kabuto, high school student, impetuous hero, is entrusted with the most badass robot on the block, Mazinger Z. And Mazinger Z's got a bunch of cool attacks, like you can fire his fists as a rocket and, you know, fire laser beams from his eyes and, you know, shoot hurricanes. hurricane. Heat from the
2: chest.
1: Yeah, heat <laughs> rays from the chest or hurricane from the mouth. You know, all these cool abilities that it's used to, to fight evil from the forces of Dr. Hell and his generals which are all really bizarre Um, there's Baron Asherah who is half male half female and by that I mean the left half of his body right
2: down the middle right
1: down the middle (laughs) you know one half is male one half is female and they have two different voices and they talk in sync and then there's Count Um. Brocken who is a German Nazi kind of guy only he's just a head on a On a robot body Robot body. And this is the kind of villainy that you have to deal with in in the shows like this, and
2: I, course, I love going to guy villains
1: yeah, like, I mean it, they were always like very like this is totally a villain I mean dr hell and who what a surprise that Dr. Hell turned out to be evil. who would have thought <laughs> it 's it's not like he looks like the most evil, weird being ever. I always thought it was hilarious in the flashbacks, like they show Dr. Hell in like this. Ordinary safari clothes, is. but it's more like, yeah, pith helmet, and you know, I'm <laughs> off on African safari.
0: But his face is still like totally, completely evil. As you just sort of walking around talking to people, I'm like, do you not get
1: this? Do you not? Dr. This hell wants to take over the world, maybe. I mean, <laughs> the, the plot of Mazinger Z, uh, what there is, they've actually sort of really beefed up the story parts of this is they found an island bardos island and in this island is remnants of a lost civilization from the past the the mycenaeans and it turns out they had robots of course they did (laughs)
0: it's true because you had to face the giant space villain evil alien things so right
1: the, the planet earth long long ago was a battlefield staging ground for an intergalactic war between space aliens and the space aliens are regarded as our gods nowadays so in this case since it was on like the greek isles it was all about like the greek mythology like zeus and poseidon and hades and that and really they were space aliens that were gigantic and really it's
0: just the best take on greek mythology ever And I'm Greek, so I can say that. Okay,
1: I was gonna say better than God of War, Basil, and then you know I realized that God of War games stopped being good after stage one. Whereas this, you know, is good throughout. Yes. And so the idea is that these leftover mechanical beasts as part of this lost civilization end up coming under the control of Dr. Hell, and he's gonna use them to take over the world with his unstoppable army. But in his way is the mightiest robot in the world, Mazinger Z, made out of the special alloy that, you know, Chogokin Zet, as it's called, the Super uh, Alloy Z, which basically means it's the baddest dude on the block. You can't hurt it. Made from Japanium. Japanium. That's right, because they find the secret ore that is only under Mount Fuji.
0: Of course it is. Hey, well, Where else are you going to find it? I mean, really.
1: Well, when, when Japan makes a show, Japan gets to save the world. Like in Godzilla movies, it's always Japan saving the world. When Hollywood makes a movie, Americans save the world. It's just the nature of it. Turkish Star Wars, the Turkish save the day. I don't know. <laughs> the Turkish version of Star Wars. What are we getting into on this podcast?
0: Only oh, yeah, awesome things. Yeah, um, I, mean, I yeah. think
1: one of the things that really make Mazinger Z stand out Is normally, in the old Mazinger Z, it was monster fight every week. And this one, (laughs) believe it or not, there's not a whole lot of robot fighting from episode to episode. There's a lot of episodes that go by where there's not really any robot fight.
0: There's plenty of action.
1: Yeah, there's action because the thing about Imagawa that people mistakenly think is because it's called Giant Robo, or Mazinger Z. It's got a robot in the name, robot on the cover. Oh, it must be about robots fighting. But no, it's more about people with superpowers fighting superpowered fights. Because some of the characters, like say the Violence Jack characters, are very important in this new show, and they've all got like badass superpower abilities. Uh, the main one is a woman named Nishikiori Tsubasa, or Tsubasa Nishikiori minor character in violence jack obviously you know you're a woman in violence jack you're probably not long for this world um, no. and there's a guy called cross and another guy called Django, who's a mexican cowboy not at all like Django from the movies i mean he doesn't carry a coffin around but he is a crazy gun-wielding lunatic and another guy who is actually from a totally different anime a yasu he's a sort of loop the third ish looking kind of Guy who is in this anime a bomb, like wielding pyro, and, and these guys all have like crazy superpowers. There's an old lady uh, named uh, Kiku who's runs at super, super speed fast. and has monofilament wires. So if you like Helsing Ultimate and Walter, and who doesn't like Walter, you know with I those like crazy wa- monofilament wires and super speed, she's the old lady version of Walter. <laughs> Only her monofilament is monofilament Z. Yes, yeah. all, all their weapons are made out of the special Japanium ore, or, you know, the Chogokin Z, which means it's unbreakable thread.
2: I think the Super Alloy Z shovels were pu- pushing it just a little, oh. but...
0: <laughs> well, I have loved was like, Z bombs. Yeah. Like, how does that even
1: work? <laughs> you it's it's a... this unbreakable bomb. When you try to blow it up, it doesn't explode. Now, I guess they just said, oh, when this blows up, it'll be, like, the biggest explosion ever. And that's the kind of thing. I mean, also, if you if you watch Giant Robo, that was sort of a motif there. Spoilers, you know, the the notion of the power that if you use it, it's such a badass power that you'll die if you use it. Well, it's gonna be badass. Yeah, but it'll be an awesome death, guys. Trust me. That's the yeah, kind yeah, of show this, this is. Point. I mean,
2: right? Yes. Yeah, like Tsubasa and her friends, they they there are points where they are totally overshadowing our nominal main
1: character yeah i mean koji is is relegated to like second banana his girlfriend sayaka is almost not even in the show at all uh boss borat barely there i mean he doesn't even really show up that much until the end it's kind of like imagawa is like i want to focus on these characters and the characters i want to focus on are subasa and baron Ashura. And this is Most kind of Baron
2: Asherah ever.
1: Oh yeah. I mean the sec- like from the third episode where you see Baron Ashera, who is human sized, move at super speed and punch Mazinger Z and knock Mazinger Z down. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> yes, they made Baron Ashera a badass. But I wasn't even that doesn't even stretch the surface of how badass they made Baron Asherah in this one. I mean it's it,
0: true. Yeah. Up, to, up to the end.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know. Don't really know. I, yeah, it's. It, suffice to say that this can't be the end of Shin Mazinger Z. They've got to make at least uh, a movie or a TV special or something like uh, Shin Mazinger Z versus uh, Black General or Great General or Darkness, whatever they want to call it. A- and then maybe even a Shin Great Mazinger Z because. This is this continuing story. And even though the first episode is called the finale, there's still more to go in this story that I want to see.
2: Yeah, well, The Great Mazinger was like a direct sequel to Mazinger. Z, so maybe we'll get a, a great chapter. Well, next. we did
1: get uh, Mazen Kaiser versus Black General. It just never came out in America.
2: Yeah, I, that was a fairly good movie, though. That uh,
1: was a cool movie. I mean, Mazen Kaiser, I think, is the most accessible like, introduction. I mean, this is sort of like a for fans only kind of anime. And in America, there's not a whole lot of these uh, Going to Guy fans, to be honest. Uh, we didn't really grow up with it. I mean, in the 80s, some places got Transor Z. But we just, you know, in the 70s, Going A Guy stuff was just, oh, that's too violent to show to kids. Yeah. And that was a story for every Going to Guy thing. With the rest of the world, France, Italy, Spain, you know, they love Gona Guy. I mean, freaking Spain—they got a Mazinger Z statue for a housing complex.
0: Yes. yes, it's their mascot. That's awesome. It's like they know—they
1: know what's going on with Gona Guy everywhere else. But they do. Just not here. I mean, um, it's, that's kind of a sad thing. I mean, it's a hard thing to sell people on this show. You kind of know that you're gonna watch it before you watch it. Because the name is Zinger Z in the in the title there,
0: and it's really sad because you know Gonagai, So he's very prolific and he is very groundbreaking. I mean, I know everyone refers to Tetsu as the god of manga or the father of manga, but Gonagai is sort of the the creepy uncle that that touches you in appropriate places, but you realize once he's done, you're better off for it.
1: <laughs> There's something about your past we should know, Basil. <laughs>
2: You have a tragic
1: secret like most of the characters in uh, Imagawa works.
2: Possibly. Maybe that's why I relate so much to this. Anyways. Uh, You know, even with Imagawa, even like, gee, Gundam, for a Gundam show, it focuses way more on the human characters, and that really is a very Imagawa thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, he definitely thinks robots are cool, but he also definitely thinks – People are even cooler than robots, and I can get behind that. I mean, this is ultimately not really a robot rock'em sock'em affair, though there certainly is that. This and when is,
2: it happens. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, some righteous ass kicking happens in this cartoon, but a lot of it is just like the straight up, like figuring out like what happened in the flashback scenes because that's this other very common imagawa motif is to refer back to an event and everybody in the show or knows about the event in differing ways but we the viewer do not and as you go you see a little more of the event and then by the end you find out like ah, oh, this is what they were talking about in that and then sometimes even, there's a twist on top of that like
2: you they think even you know. lead you down one direction thinking something happened until they really reveal what happened and this actually takes it
0: to another level further where they actually had the characters go back into the past to relive it, but even they didn't really relive it quite right, and then certain characters relive more than others.
1: Yeah, there was there was a plot point in here where they were able to sort of see the past or be in the past, and uh, you got some great moments of Mazinger Z fighting alongside Zeus against yes. the evil <laughs> Greek gods and finding out, like, where did Rocket Punch come from? <laughs>
0: Oh, rocket punch, that seems like a neat idea.
1: I mean, (laughs) you got to love that they they even, like, as over the top as Mazinger Z was, as many attacks as they had, I mean, they threw in another giant robo thing, the Big Bang Punch. And in this Mazinger Z, Mazinger transforms into a gigantic fist. Fist. (laughs) Like, the whole thing is a fist, and it punches someone. I mean, it's not just enough to send out the rocket punch. Now the whole thing is a fist punching that you. shines
0: gleaming gold like the hand of zeus himself <laughs> who,
1: who what kind of scientist makes these robots <laughs> in, in the world of, in the world of gonna guy yeah in the world of gonna guy it's always a crazy lunatic scientist is you know the villain and a cr- slightly less crazy scientist is the hero I mean, no
2: sane man would build these
1: robots. Yeah, <laughs> a side. lunatic has... It's like you think of... It's like, who would build this? Who thought this was a good idea? And it's always a crazy lunatic scientist. And thank God he's on our side. And I mean, in um, in other Mazinger Z editions, you never really got to see much of Koji Kabuto's parents or grandparents or anything like that. They were just like, oh, they were dead. Or they entrusted him with this. And maybe you see a little bit of them in the flashback. In this... You get to see a good bit of Koji Kawato's grandfather, Juzo Kawato, who built Mazinger Z. And he's a crazy guy. Yes.
2: Who loves his hot springs. You know, he actually was in an episode of the new Cutie Honey O.A.V. series, also, which they also had an episode with a Devil Man cameo. But he acted pretty much the same as he does in the this Shin Mazinger Z.
1: the man knows what he likes the crazy old man I mean there's a shot in the first opening of the fist like flying at the camera while the old man sort of rides that baby Slim Pickens Dr. Strangelove style and he's just completely (laughs) fearless he's like yeah yeah we're gonna mess him up i just not really that concerned of what's going to happen when the fist actually collides with something.
0: <laughs> He'll work it out. He'll work it out. But I remember the first time they're actually watching the uh, second episode, since that's the start of the story. And people are like, is that the villain? Why is it like with the main character? I don't get.
2: Oh. Oh. <laughs> this is crazy, Grandpa. <laughs> I more- got to
1: I think more anime would skull. benefit from having the, the crazy scientist who makes crazy things that are used for good instead of evil, but could just as easily have been used for evil.
0: Yeah, oh, that's that's even mentioned way like, when baby is base like, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna be a god? Are you gonna be a demon?
2: I don't know, but let's find out. Let's give you a super robot, kid. We'll see what you do.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's the whole point, is that Mazinger itself is not inherently good or inherently evil. Whether it's good or evil depends on the person using it. And so with that much power entrusted to a regular person, the idea is, okay, are you are going to use this to save the world or take it over or destroy it or what? And that's sort of like this internal conflict that was never that much of an issue in the original show because it's just like, I'm good, Dr. Hell, bad. And this one is more like hmm, I could do some damage with this thing. <laughs> well, it's also like he actually know. sees,
0: like, in the first couple episodes, you know, on baseball, you know people can die. And, you know, in his realization that, oh, God, what am I doing? As you know, it was like, oh, wow. I wasn't expecting to see that.
1: Yeah, I I, I didn't expect it to be as violent as a, as it got and as it was. This is a pretty brutal show. I mean, as far as collateral damage, as far as people getting the crap beat out of them, uh, as far as people getting <laughs> caught up and murdered in all kinds of hilarious and innovative ways, it's not as super-duper gore-fest like the new Getter Robo was. Those were direct-to-video OAVs, and so those were just, like, super ultra-violent. Made me really happy.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we actually just recently covered Black Lion. Lion. Oh, yeah, I I
1: listened to that one. That was good stuff. Black Lion, man. That's one of the first things Gunna Guy wrote. That's your your debut. You start with Black Lion. And then it's just, how do you top yourself? That's like, I could never make anything even a fifth as good as Black Lion.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah bike iconic and
1: special. But yeah, I mean, Shin Mazinger Z, in a lot of ways, it is got a lot of callbacks to previous Gonagai Guy things, mentions of uh, characters from other shows, references to previous things. There's some cases, like for example, they're they, they're looking through the weapons cache and they want to see weapons and they start pulling out all these trademark weapons of other Gonagai Guy characters, like the giant jackknife of violence, Jack. Only this time, it's the Super LYZ version. And they make a joke about it. And that's the kind of like these little Easter eggs like you were talking about throughout that you don't if you don't get it, it's not like you're lost because it's just like this little one off joke. But if you get it, you're like, ah, cool. That's from that. And that's the kind of thing that this is the audience for it. I mean, it's hard to say, like, okay, you're a new anime fan in 2009. Here's Ms. Zinger Z. You can watch this show. It's meant to work. If you've never seen Gunna Guy anything in your life, and this is the first thing ever, but to actually park someone down and say, hey, watch this after that first episode, which is crazy, and that second episode, which is still kind of crazy, <laughs> and then it actually sort of settles down by episode three, most people are like, you got ten minutes to impress me, and then I'm moving on to the next thing. So if you're listening is to this episode, if you saw the title of this awesome cast Shin Mazinger Z and you clicked on it chances are you're already a believer
0: <laughs> so before we go into crazy spoil territories i will point out that the whole thing has been fansubbed
1: yep it was uh, fansubbed by a pretty cool group known as uh, gotai which uh, they do good work i mean they did good work on macross frontier and all that they're actually um, the something awful forums fan sub group uh sort of yeah. affiliated with that i mean uh the mod fort zorak is a super uh dedicated smart anime fan he doesn't like me very much but i uh, still respect him a lot and uh they did they did good work on this fan sub they actually did something interesting like the first several episodes there was the tv broadcast and then afterwards they'd put it up on like the streaming in japan like the with bandai channel Yeah, they would include little bonus animations. So what they did for the fan sub was they took the TV broadcast episode and intercut in the bonus animation such that when you're watching it, there's like this very noticeable quality jump. Like between it's like, oh, why does it suddenly look like this kind of crappy, you know, 320 by 240 (laughs) looking YouTube YouTube video? And it's like, oh, it's because this is only on the web. And you know what? I gotta wonder, the people in Japan watching it without that bonus stuff, were they just totally lost? Because they didn't cut out, like, trivial things. They cut out entire scenes explaining, like, story and plot. And I was like, you kind of need to see that to know what's going on.
0: You you do. I I was going through the exact same thing, and, and I feel...
2: Well, Kevin, you watched the
0: Shinsen subs, right?
2: I wa- I usually ended up checking out both. Oh, okay, I Tai actually usually came out first because Shinsen's really slow.
1: But yeah, and the one, good. yeah, the Shinsen one, they didn't do that. They just took the TV broadcast only.
2: Yeah, they just hit it straight as it was.
1: Eventually, after like twelve or thirteen episodes, they said, "Okay, enough of the Bandai Channel only things. We'll put everything in the episode."
0: Yeah. I really love to see a DVD release, but I don't have, you know, just due to the subject matter, I think it's only slightly more likely that we will get this rather than say Macross Frontier.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, due to all the rights and craziness like that, I don't know if we're ever going to get this. Honestly, um, ADV tried with Gona Guy stuff in the past. I mean, we did get all of Shin Getter Robo, and then we did get all of... Ma- well, we didn't get all of Mazen Kaiser, but we got the OEVs for Mazinkaiser. Kaiser. We, uh, then we just didn't get a lot of go guy stuff after that. Againion Tried with New Getter Robo. And all these shows are awesome and great, and you should go watch them, and they're super cheap now, but they all tanked in America, because everyone just looked at it, saw that robot on the cover, and said, Nope, not for me, especially not this old-looking artwork. Because this does use very faithful to the seventies kind of robot designs, character designs. It's not the two thousand sort of anime aesthetic, as it were, if there is such a thing. You can sort of look at this and say that's old character artwork, but it's not yeah, old like, animation.
0: No, uh, a friend of ours actually. He is, we. I try to get him watch some things, and things it looks old.
1: Yeah, and it, 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 it just, just came out. It looks old. It, it, it does because, you know, even if you animate them with the new animation techniques and digital, you know, production methods, you're still using what is supposed to be, like, maybe it's an updated, slightly updated version of it, but it's still like this very 70s looking art. Koji's got the sideburns and the hair and his uniform is very, like, a guy in the 70s drawing what yeah. he thinks the future That's is. That's the best part. <laughs> And then the Dude, robots have that. like the the stovepipe um, arms and legs and big giant yeah. rivets, and you know this is it's sends what's the part message. Of what's great. It's part <laughs> of what makes it cool, and it's what people want to see. But for people who grew up on Gundam Wing and Evangelion and all these sort of things, to go back afterwards, it's like, oh, that looks old. That is retro. That isn't cool looking. I think it's cool looking. I think that's part of why I consider it a bad thing to show people who are new to anime things like Evangelion, which are meant as a response to works from the 70s. I think you should watch this stuff first and then watch that stuff, but nobody does that. Entire generations have come up with that didn't do that, and damage is done. What can you say? It's like watching yes. Gundam Wing without watching Gundam first. You know what I'm saying? It's like, And so many people have now. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, Gundam Wing was a lot of people's introduction to not just Gundam, but anime. I mean, that was the it first was. thing they watched. And then you say, go back and watch Gundam. And they're like, ah, this thing is old. But, you know, without this, you know, Gundam Wing sort of a response to it, Sort of a remake of it. But good luck explaining that to people. They're not going to buy it. Unless you're cool and listening to this podcast,
0: yeah, yeah it's true. Oh, no, I was just thinking that um, I actually when I was trying to tell some friends about you know Gundam Double O, they're like, "That just looks like Wing." But you watched Wing, so why won't you watch this? <laughs> I already watched
1: Wing. What? Well, you know, they, they sort of but better. <laughs> they sort of have a point. I mean, ever since Wing, they sort of realized, okay. If we draw the characters and have a lot of pretty boys and get them to be drawn by, you know, artists who are kind of known for drawing girly sort of things, then girls will watch. And, you know, if we get the robots in, maybe guys will watch. And so a lot of people look at that and say, "Ah, that's Gundam Wing-like, because it does take the same approach as Gundam Wing. And Zinger Z does not take that approach. So a lot of the girls who are watching Gundam Wing and Double O and Code Geass and stuff – they're not going to want to watch Shinma Zinger Z, because back in the 70s, robot shows were kind of like, this is for boys, this is for guys. And there's nothing deliberately put in there to sort of hook girls to say, like, hey, ladies, this is for you. That ain't how going a guy rolls. <laughs> going a guy is like, eh, I want to put what I want to see in a cartoon. And Imagawa is sort of, the, you know, cut from that same, you know, branch.
0: Admittedly, uh, you do see, you know, naked guys running around. Unfortunately, it's the grandfather.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not really the fan service for the ladies. It's more like, here's a crazy joke. Yeah, it's
2: not like. Yeah, I mean, the whole, it, it
1: takes place in a bathhouse, certainly. And so there's a lot of, you know, guys, but none of them are like particularly pretty boy kind of guys. No, I guess Koji is probably the best
2: looking one. But
1: yeah, to think, you know, you're in a show where Koji's supposed to be the handsome, dashing one. You're not going to get a lot of lady fans of this. That's just the reality of it. But if there are any out there and you're listening to
2: this, you're awesome.
1: Yeah, you are awesome. (laughs) Let's be friends. Yes.
0: Yes. And if you've already seen the show, awesome, because we're now about to spoil everything after this musical interlude. But before the musical interlude, we're going to play a promo for another podcast entirely. are you tired of anime podcasts that are actually about anime are you fed up with podcast hosts that actually know what they're doing are you tired of dad hi i'm vic viper the pride of gradius and the last hope for mankind and i have just the podcast for you it's this is not an anime podcast every week my good friends letty white rock nana l and i discuss anime games and anything else that has our interest at the time new episodes every friday Check us out at thisisnotananimepodcast.blogspot.com. Schrodinger would be proud.
1: Holy crap! (laughs) Yes. Did you see that freaking chopper explode? There's actually not a whole lot of choppers exploding in this, but I guess that's your... Lots
2: of things exploding. (laughs)
1: Lots and lots of other things explode, all right. I mean, um, I guess if we want to just spoil pretty much... Everything, Everything at this point. Certainly, uh, there's this ongoing mystery as to what is going on in Shin Mazinger Z. The characters are all trying to find out. And as it turns out, there's twists within twists within twists. But there are other villains besides Dr. Hell who are sort of scheming. And they are the uh, the Mycenaeans themselves, led by the evil Duke Gorgon, who is this sort of half-tiger half-guy kind of uh, reminiscent. Got a torso growing out of a tiger's back. <laughs> yeah, you, you reminded me of the character Guitar from The Violinist of Hamelin, which Imagawa also wrote, but he didn't uh, He didn't direct it. He's a similar sort of character. He was like this uh, you know, dog kind of creature who was also like this pretty scheming, badass sort of guy, even though he didn't seem like it at first. But yeah, th- this guy in conjunction with Uh, Baron Asherah before he became Baron Asherah was like, okay, uh, the Mycenaeans are going to come back and take over using our army of mechanical beasts that we can secretly gain control over uh, using some nefarious tactics. And so it it sort of revealed at the very end that everything Dr. Hell's been trying to do is sort of in the service of Duke Gorgon, who is going to come in and take over and take all this stuff back with the help of his like nine or seven even evil generals that you don't really see much of in this show, unfortunately, because those are the villains of Great Mazinger. but it sort of ends up being that Baron Ashura thinks that uh, Dr. Hell betrayed him, because we see, we see a flashback of like how he became, how he became. And it turns out like, Dr. Hell's an asshole. Who'd have guessed? Yes. <laughs> Who would have
0: thought. He decided to make the most uncomfortable human being in existence.
1: Yeah. So he he found the preserved corpses of Baron Asher, which was Tristan and Isolde. Yes. Which, you know, that was, the male half was Tristan, the female half was Isolde, and said, you know what? I'm going to sew them together and put them under my control. And once Baron Asher found out about that, Baron Asher got pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was like, all right,
0: sorry I had to merge into one being. But you see, you were rotting on each side, but the other half was perfectly preserved. So I could just create one being. So really, I did y'all a favor.
1: Yeah, so now you're in my service. And then in the flashback, it turns out here's Dr. Hell with the horrible corrosive acid pouring (laughs) it on them to sew them together. And then killing all the other remaining Mycenaeans, supposedly. And thus making Baron Asherah the last of his kind, thanks to Dr. Hell. So Baron is not feeling that, so he sort of switches sides to the sides of good. Or does he? Turns (laughs) out that Baron Asherah is sort of the revolver ocelot... Yes, of this show. chronic
2: backstabbing disorder.
1: <laughs> well, it's not chronic backstabbing disorder. Revolver Ocelot always had one loyalty in those Metal Gear Solid games. That was to the Patriots. Baron Ashura always had one loyalty, and that was to the ancient race of the <Sans. Low>. Yes, <laughs> sort of the lolly lule low. And so Baron Ashura ends up um, seeking to bring about the undoing of Dr. Hell, because one of the things that Dr. Hell programmed into Ashra when he created him was you're not allowed to kill yourself as long as I'm alive. And so Baron Ashra's like, okay, fine. I'm going to see to it that you get killed. And he gets killed the most awesome way possible. And I don't know if Dr. Hell's necessarily dead because in that first episode we see Dr. Hell's still alive even though he's ripped in half. Crawling about (laughs) going... Still quite proud of himself. But um, it turns out that they send a whole Mazinger core and full army of robots after Dr. Hell to take out his floating fortress on top of the Photon Power Labs which has a whole second lab underneath it like they blow up yes. the lab and they think everybody's dead but then it turns out we've got the battle fortress that you know three scientists built in their spare time
0: there's tons and tons of futon beams everywhere. Yes,
1: and, and of course you know, the, the five characters um, from Violence Jack, whom we thought were killed, suddenly just spring back up It's like, no, no, we're okay We're just fine and have like the huge all-out battle brawl and Koji says, you know what I'm going to take all these other robots that you think were killed, but they were not because they've all got rocket punches built into them and he fires just, you know, a million fists at this guy to take him out. And then they all sort of combine together.
0: What a gigantic rocket punch.
1: Yes, this, the Big Bang Punch of Big Bang Punches. But Koji inadvertently unleashed the beast because by taking out Dr. Hell, now you've removed the limiter on Baron Ashura. So now Baron Ashura is free to do what they always wanted to do, which was kill themselves. But... <laughs> It's because it's it's to complete sort of a resurrection, uh, a summoning spell, as it were. Because by killing all those other Mycenaeans, it sort of let, like, blood magic work. Like, oh, it needed sacrifices. It's all part of the plan, don't you know? And Baron Asher, by killing itself at the very end, opens, like, the portal to let the great black general come. And all his evil minions... To be continued, the end. It's like, what a cliffhanger for the show. I mean, Uh, but that's how the manga went. I mean, you know, they resurrected the Black General, and the Black General hands Koji Kabuto his ass, which we see a little bit of a flash of in the beginning of Episode 2. It straight up says, Koji Kabuto will lose and be defeated. But we'll come back. You know, that's implicit in it. But first... But we, but we it, don't. Right. We got to see it first. I mean, we haven't seen yeah. it yet. I mean, um, it turns out that Nishiki Subasa in this is Koji Kabuto's mother, whom we never saw before. Um, Koji Kabuto's father, Kenzo Kabuto, is also mysteriously quasi alive and working, sort of on the side of evil, sort of on his own side. Who knows? Uh, it's the nature There's a lot of, of people who
0: work on their own sides in this show.
2: Yes, yeah. so a lot of people are run, running their own agenda, and it sometimes coincides with the good or bad agenda. Just thank
0: God Tsubasa is more or less on our
2: side. Yes, she was awesome. Though. I do not want to cross her. No, she was a,
1: I would was say Tsubasa was more of a badass than Koji Kabuto was. was. In many ways, yes. I mean, this was more or less the Tsubasa's a badass, Baron Asher's a badass. Oh, by the way, yeah, there's some guy named Koji Kabuto with some robot named Zinger. He might die in lava one day. Yeah, he might (laughs) die uh, in magma. I'm
0: I'm hoping that maybe when we get, hopefully when we get the sequel series, Koji can actually sort of grow into his own. Because a lot of the show was just him learning how to actually
2: control the freaking robot. And maybe he won't get sidelined by Tetsuya piloting Great Massacre.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, Tetsuya's is dead, but, you know, how long does that stick? Everyone who we've been told is dead in a flashback is still kicking it because, indeed, back. at the very end of the show, out of nowhere, the mysterious figure known only as Blade shows up who looks like Tetsuya in a mask. And, hey, how about that? Tetsuya's last name is Surugi. Surugi means Blade. Connect the dots, la, 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 Ooh. as Pee Wee Herman would say.
2: I wonder if that's meaningful. But, you know, Giant
0: Robo also sort of ended on a, okay, yeah. well, that happened. But look what's
2: in the future. Giant Robo, we tell you the middle of the story.
1: It, it's like And if, that was it, an
2: awesome middle.
1: <laughs> it's like if the only Star Wars we ever got was The Empire Strikes Back.
2: It'd be awesome, but we'd be going, so now what?
1: Right. Well, we aren't quite sure fully what happened before, and we know something's about to happen later, but it hasn't been made yet. And is it going to be made? I don't know. I think it is going to get made. I think this show was popular enough among that crowd of people in Japan that they'll make at least something. But they haven't announced anything yet. They haven't started work on anything yet. This might be it. I I, I make no guarantees.
2: Oh, I hope there's a sequel. I really want a
1: sequel. They really got to do a sequel to this. I mean, it's not like if there's no sequel, we wasted our time. It's not like the ultimate cliffhanger of cliffhangers. It's not like big O season one cliffhanger, (laughs) but it's still, we'll
0: get big O season two.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's what happens is resolved. And because the first episode is sort of a finale, you can sort of give yourself an ending at the same time. There's all this holy shit stuff just looming on the horizon that we want to see that happen. But like they Giant Robo, gets... we hmm. didn't see the holy shit stuff. Well, we saw some holy shit stuff, but we didn't yeah. see the ultimate be-all, end-all of the holy shit stuff in Giant Robo, and um, I'm hoping we see it from Mazinger. But who knows?
2: We can only hope.
1: <laughs> so what so. were some of your favorite uh, parts of... This new Mazinger Z. Oh,
2: so
0: hard. Whenever Tabasa pulled out her knife, <laughs> like, even when she was about to die, she looked so totally badass and was so ready to cut a bitch. Like, <laughs> yes. I was like, damn. She pulls that go. knife
1: out like R. Kelly pulls out his gun when he's trapped in the closet. And <laughs> that's her response <laughs> to things. I think one of my favorite moments was one of the characters they added just for this guy we haven't talked about at all, one of the villains, Viscount Pigman. Um, Baron, I mean, Dr. Hell has various uh, underlings, one of which is Baron Ashra. one of whom is Count Brocken. This other guy, Viscount Pigman, originally was from Violence Jack. His character design, he basically looks like a human version of Mazinger Z, only black. In Violence Jack, that's what he was. He was the physical human iteration of Mazinger Z. His name was Jim Mazinger. But in this one, the Viscount Pigman is basically Shockwave Alberto from Giant Robo as far as, like, his badass powers. Like, everyone else controls an army. This guy is his own army. Army. He's got all these weird supernatural powers and control over nature and such. And he just sort of rips everybody up by himself. I mean, there's a whole lengthy arc that's just Pigman's attacking. But he gets taken out at the end. He he has to die because deep down he's some weird samurai-looking dude with a topknot. And uh, he gets cut in half with Blade. But we knew that. That's not really a spoiler. You see it happen in the first episode. (laughs) You do. Ima Gawa's all about the how you get there, not the what happens. He'll give you the, this happens straight up. But how'd that come to pass? You got to watch the show to find that out.
0: He is really, really good at, in- at reimaginings.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he did it like. for Giant Robo. He did it for Getter Robo. He, you know, he got cut short on Getter Robo. He did it here. And I think he does pretty stellar work. I just, I really wish other people would sort of follow his example of, like...
2: I also would put forth uh, G Gundam as the only really original, original Gundam universe.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for... I mean, it gets panned and slagged everywhere you go, but I love me some G Gundam. And if it weren't the first alternate universe right out the gate, like, let's say Gundam X was the first alternate universe, or even Gundam Wing, I don't know if people would have really caught on to it quite as much. Because G Gundam putting in the alternate universe is saying, okay... This is Gundam, but you don't have to watch your decades worth of Gundam to watch it. You can just watch this and be good. Nowadays, people sort of know when the new Gundam comes out, you don't have to watch 30 years of Gundam. This is its own thing. And people haven't really gotten that vibe from the Guy stuff. Admittedly, because a lot of it is just more or less the next episode of that show you were watching 30 years ago. It wasn't really a continuity-heavy thing. Like, get a robo... Any getter robo, you can just watch that and be good because they don't really fully tie into each other. Even though Imagawa's was like it just starts off and it's like assumes that you know.
2: Well that was like it started as like a sequel to a radio drama
1: that like we'll
2: never ever hear or have translated.
1: (laughs) But you know, it ultimately doesn't really matter. These things are standalone. And so I think the only real way you can sell people on these things in two thousand and nine is you find the people who liked Garen Lagan. There's a few of them out there. That was a popular yeah. show. It was popular. And then you say, hey, did you like that? Then you will probably like this because this is sort of what Garen Lagan was inspired by. And you show them like Mazen Kaiser or you show them like New Getter Robo or something like that. And that's how they'll get into it. I don't think you can just sort of just take people blind and throw them into Shin Mazinger, even though it's meant to be. I just think.
0: A lot no, I think you need, you need something newer. You need something slicker. And I think Goran Long, is like the best example of the of a newer slicker pseudo manly man anime.
1: I think uh, so too. I, th- I just out. think the problem is like a lot of the fans of Gren Lagan, they lack the context. They think like it's unique, it's one of a kind. No other show has ever done this before. And it's like, dude, I'll show you like 50 other shows that, you know, embody this crazy badass robot pilot spirit. But, you know, someone has to point it out to them because they're not going to find it on their own.
2: Most of them involve going to Guy in some way. <laughs>
1: Funny how that works. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, Garen Lagan is a response to the Gona Guy kind of stuff. It's a response to these shows that people grew up with in the 70s. A lot of it is made for that audience. Like, you grew up watching these cartoons, and now you're something. You know what else was like that? Yeah, Evangelion.
0: I was going to say, Ava did the same thing. Yeah,
1: that was presumably meant for people who grew up watching these giant robot shows of the 70s and now want to see something with a twist on it. And most American fans who watch that show and get crazy over it sort of aren't fully aware of it. Like, maybe they heard someone say it once, but they're just really caught up with that one show. And I don't want the Garen Lagan fans to turn into that, where they're just like, Really fixated on just Garen Lagan and everything else is chopped liver, because these were cartoons that were made for a fan base that grew up on the notion of robots punching the crap out of evil monsters or other robots and saving the friggin' day and being a hard-ass dude, and that's a lot of that is gone nowadays in 2009. Such that when you make a show like that. When you make something it with robots, seems new. <laughs> it either seems new or it says to everyone, hey, I'm playing around with these old conventions. Just like I said at the beginning, like with the Western, if you make yeah. a Western now, you tell everyone, hey, I'm playing around with this old art style or this old movement or genre. And I think that's kind of what Garen Lagon was. It was like, hey, look at me. I can sort of embody the tropes of this dead genre, and still make something cool, and people can like it. And in that case, it succeeded, but...
0: Also made by Gainax.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's how they work. I mean, every once in a while, they accidentally make a good show. <laughs> Duran Lagan was
2: one of them. He accidentally made a couple good shows.
0: <laughs> well, there's also a lot of stuff like, was it Maho Chromatic? Maho Chromatic, oh, and he oh, is yeah. my
1: master, and... You know, the last couple episodes of Abin Abashi, where they're like, let's try and make this a real story. And, you know, there's a lot of crap that Gynax puts out. And frankly, most of it now is is terrible. The old Gynax is no more. Those guys are gone. They've moved on to other pastures. Uh, Even, uh, Anno isn't really with Gynax anymore. He sort of started his own studio to make those new Ava movies. Yeah. Which I am conflicted on as far as them being good or not i don't let me put it this way i don't think those are movies that you can show people to say hey you never saw this before watch these i think those movies only make sense if you've already (laughs) watched ava before and can fill in the blanks i don't think that this new mazinger z series is like that no i think it is what those ava movies should have been Like a, hey, you didn't watch this thing from the past that was cool? Here, just watch this one. And then if you like it, then you can go back and watch the other one. That's how this show works for me.
0: Well, since I said this is my first real Mazinger, I can totally say that, in fact, is how it worked.
1: Yeah, now you probably are interested in Mazinger in general and wouldn't mind going back and watching some of the other stuff.
0: Yeah. That's actually why I went back and went and bought Mazinger Kaiser
1: which I actually personally think is better than Shin Mazinger Z for introducing people only because it's shorter. It's only about six or seven episodes, plus like a movie that you could get that's sort of a standalone thing. And shorter is better, if you ask me. I mean, a good introduction to Getter Robo. I mean, the new Getter Robo, 13 episodes, that's pretty good. But Shin Getter Robo versus Neo Getter Robo, four episodes. (laughs)
2: Oh, that is, that's got some of the slapstick elements to it, but uh, well, yeah, that's good.
1: If, if your anime club can't deal with Shin Getter versus Neo Getter, then disband your anime club, because they're all dead to me. Because it's a four episodes, you can't watch four episodes? It's
2: awesome, though, for its wackiness.
1: Oh, come on, Texas Mac, greatest anime Oh, yes, character.
2: he is. Texas Mac is well, the greatest. Actually, the
1: robot is Texas Mac, you know, the character is Jack King.
2: And yeah, his sister,
1: but... Mary King. But the robot itself? Hey, Texas Mac. Texas Mac, bitches.
0: It's okay. How many awesomes out of
2: awesome should Mazinger, Kevin, go? Uh, oh, I get to go first. so I can call a million rocket punches of awesome.
0: <laughs> Crap, that was what I was going to use. <laughs> I'll give this one awesome Z alloy of awesome. Made it to whatever you want. In this case, an awesome anime show.
1: I'm gonna give it two halves of Baron Ashura awesomes. Ooh, that's good.
0: Yes. Because <laughs> when you walk in a room of Ava fans, everyone suddenly gets kind of uncomfortable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Baron Ashura, you are the most awesome whatever you are ever.
1: <laughs> they spied on him in the shower. In this, and in Kaiser, They do. It's they one do of it the seven of wonders this. of the world. It's a mystery. <laughs> yeah, we don't actually see anything, thankfully. But maybe that's what dojinci is for. Who knows? <laughs> Not any dojinci I would want to see, but, you know, whatever. You now someone's
2: drawing it, or has drawn it, it's out there.
0: But it is up to you, dear listeners, to find it. And not send it to us.
2: Yes, do not send it to us. (laughs) Well, thank you
0: once again, Daryl, for coming on by.
1: Yeah, no problem. I mean, uh, unfortunately, I was unable to be extremely exciting. But, you know, hey, I'm always up for talking about Shin Mazinger Z. I mean, uh, if you have a podcast where you want to talk about (laughs) it, give me a call. I'll try and make it quasi-entertaining. I don't know how Uh, I did
0: on that. Good luck on the server hosting issues.
1: Yeah, always, always rough. Yeah, animeworldorder.com is the website for the uh, podcast that comes out every once in a while. We'll try and have a new episode out soon. But yeah, um, if you can, if you can give a buck or something like that, you know, we just—I uh, don't have five hundred dollars to uh, you know facilitate that full move over to Libsyn. So uh, you know, that's sixty dollars a month for about four or five months, and then we're there. And then I can probably pay the ten or twelve dollars a month out of pocket. But five hundred, no, I cannot pay that. So, uh, help me out here, guys, if you like my show, if you thought this was somewhat educational. Um, read Otaku USA Magazine, go to the website, www.otakusamagazine.com. It's got a bunch of exclusive stuff on there that is cool and worth your time reading and if you want to follow me on Twitter it's d a r y l s u r a t is my username and i post a lot of bullshit
0: yeah just cuz i never actually pointed out on the oscast also twitter it's the basal feed i don't post a lot mostly cuz i'm usually When I'm looking at it, I'm at work and I don't have a chance to actually type anything into it.
1: Yeah, I've got a phone that supports it, so that is really my main usage for it. That's my excuse, the reason why it's ruined my life. I'm still holding out. I don't have Facebook yet.
0: Even though there is an annual order, like, fan group for Facebook. Yeah, Gerald
1: Gerald has it. He made one. Uh, I don't think he – I don't know if he updates it or what, but, yeah, it does exist. There is a, a fan group, so be our friend on Facebook when and if, I mean, the next Xbox Live update is adding Twitter and Facebook in right into the Xbox dashboard. I really hope that doesn't get used for obnoxious evil, but it probably will.
0: That's Tuesday. be uh, uh, the, the day after this, uh, this gets uploaded.
2: So we'll see, dear viewers. It will be used for evil. I'm predicting it now. Much evil. Great evil. World-shattering evil.
1: The only solution is Rocket Punch.
2: It is.
1: (laughs) And with that, we are out.